What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Controversial Conversations. I'm Kelly Cavallaro. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. Well, today you're more known as Mr. 12-year-old girl going through puberty, it sounds like. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Horse Voice. <laughs> Hope everyone is enjoying this podcast so far. Episode number four today. Um, and this one is a touchy one. Um, we're going to talk about community. And what we mean by that is instructors supporting each other in their community, um, in the when they're this in the vicinity of each other, whether or not it's like same bar, same studio, same town. Um, instructors taking other instructors' lessons at events, supporting each other. Just the whole shebang. The whole shebang when it comes to. Instructors supporting instructors and not trying to have a divide in line dance. And I'll kick this off by saying I see this a lot among local instructors. So in a specific state or in a specific region, um, one of the things I see is, for example, an instructor will, there's a new song out, so they teach a dance that they decide to write to that song, and then the person in the next town over doesn't want to support that person so they pick a different dance to do the same song and then you're doing your students a disservice by not you know trying to build a community where and the other part of that is I'm going to go you know how I am I go off on tangents the other part of that is encouraging your students to go to other instructors classes as well because it's good for them to learn from different people but having the respect and the camaraderie with the other instructors around you because that's the way we grow and that's the way we keep this thing that we have, this line dance world and community alive, is by working together rather than fighting with one another or having enmity and bad feelings. Yeah, being in Florida, I see that a lot. In Orlando alone, we have two major major bars that we can dance at, the Barn in Sanford and the Cowboys Orlando, and it's a huge divide on what's danced to certain songs across town from each other. Now, granted, I'm, I am spoiled, People do refer to Florida as the line dance mecca. We do have an abundance of opportunities to dance between classes, bars to go out to, events alone. We have two major ones that happen, a third one that's about to start, tons of one-day workshops. We, we are spoiled here, but again, if for the people that live here and the people coming in and visiting the state don't see it, it's pretty... It's pretty bad when it comes to wanting to not support each other. Like, alone, and, I, and I'll say this, and apologies to anybody who gets mad, the local bar that I go to, the Barn in Sanford, they have three different instructors, three amazing instructors, Trevor Andrew Thornton, Lynn Luciano, and I probably just butchered that last name, so I'm sorry, Lynn, and Janice Graves. Sometimes we have end up with a three-way floor split in our own club because... It's just that it's they the, each the teach they each teach a different dance to the same music, right? Sometimes it's just, it's just the communication aspect, and a lot of this will play into the level levels you teach. And I, the one thing I don't understand, and I see this a lot at events. Why don't instructors take other instructors' classes? Mm. I see that big, and, and I don't see it. I don't see it as often at smaller events. Like, for example, um, John and I were just at Dance 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 in Colorado Springs held by Betty Moses, amazing event. Um, I actually had time, because it was a little bit more laid back. 
I had time to take a class. I was here to do photo, uh, I'm sorry, live streaming and video. Um, John let me help him co-teach our new dance, and I actually had time to take a class, and other instructors were taking each other's classes here. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So what I want to expound on that a little bit, because my aspect of that, what I see with all the big conventions I work, is your quote-unquote A-listers, or the, the, the people that we all look up to. It's very rare to see them taking another instructor's workshop or lesson and I have no issue with that. I love taking things from other teachers for two reasons. Number one, they're going to teach me their style and how they want that dance executed. And number two, I lost my train of thought. What was number two? I don't even know. <laughs> but the, the, it's, it's, I'm not, I don't have, what should I, how should I call it? I don't have pride or worried about people think, you know, like, I goof up. So when I'm taking a class from another instructor, I'm going to goof up just like the other students. I'll mess up here and there. And I just laugh it off and keep going. But I wonder if that has something to do with it. I mean, we obviously don't need to go learn every other instructor's dance, but it really helps when you're out on the dance floor at night and we can all run out together. And it's more fun when Rachel teaches the dance and let's say Darren and Fred and Shane and Whoever else is there, and me, and whoever, we all like are on the floor together because the, the the paying customers will eat that up. But it's more fun for us to dance with each other too. So I always wonder why I don't see more of the instructors, whatever level they're at, take the classes at the workshops if they, you know, if they have the time. And to be honest, can you imagine how much of a weight that would take off the DJs who are waiting for the person who taught the dance? to be in the room to play said song because that's the DJ's biggest complaints is instructors not being in the room and they want to play the, the teach of the day but if there were three four different instructors who learned it, it, that learned it they could any it. one of them can lead it right it might, that's a good point it, it makes it easier like I'll, I'll use the example I just got to take Cyberdrop Jamie Marshall taught Fred and Shane's new dance Cyberdrop 64 count cha-cha with no tags no restarts absolutely phenomenal dance and anybody who knows me knows I love me a good cha-cha now in that class alone Jamie was teaching it Rob Holly took it he was on staff at the event as an instructor Trevor Thornton took it he was on staff as an instructor I was the videographer I was in there taking the class Donna Ruan took it she was on staff as an instructor John Robinson was in there <laughs> he was on staff as an instructor and Betty Moses was in there and she was the event director so 75% of your staff were in there taking the class. <laughs> and, and at night, every one of us yeah. were on the floor to do it for open dancing. Which is great because then people have us to watch, even though we just learned it. You know, they tend to look at you because you're the instructor. But we also support each other. And, and it was neat because, you know, I messed up somewhere and whoever was, I think you were dancing, whoever was dancing next to me just laughed. And I just laughed off and jumped back in and got back on. But I think that's part of what makes our line dance world a community is when we support each other like that and when we have fun together and actually support and take each other's lessons. Um, and for me, I learned pretty quickly. So, like, I didn't actually take the class. I came in at the end, yeah. towards the end, and just watched when Jamie did it to the music, which is why I struggled with one part, because I didn't actually take the lesson. <laughs> but I figured out most of the dance myself, but actually got on the floor and danced it with everybody, and then Jamie helped me with the part that I didn't know. So um, I want to back up a little bit to talking about local instructors working together. So I do... As you all know, lots of mini-tours. I just did a mini-tour in Texas. I'm about to head to the Northeast and do a mini-tour up there with a lot of dates throughout Massachusetts, uh, New York, 
Pennsylvania and that whole area. So one of the one of the things that I get when local instructors reach out to book me is I don't have a lot of students in my class. So let's say they teach whatever level it is. Let's right. say they're doing intermediate advanced, and there's just not that many people at that level in their area. So they'll say, well, I only have 10 students, or I only have 12 students. And I'll say, is there another instructor in the area that you could pair with? Because the point here is they have to be able to afford me to come right. and do a special workshop. And I have a flat, a flat rate that I charge for mini, for mini tours. So this has actually happened several times. And they go, oh, yeah, but we... We don't work together. I can't have I can't talk to her and have her bring her class to my class. And I said I would say why not? Well, we just don't get along. And I'm like, why not? Because this is a great opportunity for both of your classes. If you join together, you'd be able to afford to have me come and teach all of you. You'd have great fun. All of you would be learning something together. So her students would learn it. Your students would learn it. Then when you go open dancing somewhere, let's say at an event down the street, you know, in a couple months, you'll all know the same dance. It's a perfect opportunity for you to work together to make that happen. But I've had literally people say, oh, no, I can't do that. We don't get along. Why not? Why aren't you getting along? Why not? I did a whole podcast myself on my Patreon page mm-hmm. about this kind of thing. So that's something where if you are experiencing this yourself, Reach out to the other instructors in your area, in your neighborhood. Be friendly. Be open to cooperation and working together. Part of that's on you. You can't expect the other person to always make the overtures and, and be the yep. nice one. Sometimes you have to take the initiative and say, hey, and go, here's, a, here's a novel concept. Actually, go to their class one day and take their class, unless it's the same night as your class, but go to one of their classes. Well, that's, that's another one. If you're in the same area... Why would you have your classes on the same night of the week anyway? Mm. Why wouldn't you give your dancers the option to go to multiple? Regardless if you like them or not, you shouldn't have the negativity to say, well, you shouldn't go take from this person. No. Everyone should be able to take from everybody across the board. It's that simple. And especially these areas that are supposedly have huge line dance communities, it's so funny when I go to events in those towns and there are no local people attending the events. Mm. Where's your, where's the local community? Big mentor of mine, Brian Birakowskis, runs events, runs a huge West Coast Swing event in Louisville, Kentucky. Preaches the fact that, and, and I know this is harder in the line dance world, that at least what I've seen, holding an event in a town you live in. It's so hard... It's hard enough to run an event in a town you live in that you know every little nuance about. Like, if I ran an event and I did an event in Orlando, I know every little nuance about the, the city of Orlando. I know what I can appeal to people. I know what did not. Same thing with John in Indiana. If he was going to do an event in Indiana, he knows exactly where to hold it in Indiana, what would be appealing to the masses because that's where he's from. Now, imagine if you go to hold an event in a state you don't live in. Then you don't know the local dance community there. That's, that's your bread and butter. That's your backbone. If you have a local community, that's almost a guarantee to 30 to 50 weekend passes, which will help you when you bring in the instructors that aren't from that area that are the higher-priced instructors. If you have that backbone of the support from your community, it's a no-brainer. I, I laugh when I see events that, that pump up, pump up, saying we're going to have all these, these amazing instructors, and the event tanks and has 70 people. When I know if you go out dancing at a random one-day workshop in that same area, you're going to have 150 people at a one-day workshop. Right. 
it's it's hard like that and I I see it in I see it in Orlando all the time. I see it in Orlando. You'll see a one one way one time a one day workshop will have a hundred people, but someone else three four weeks later will hold a one day workshop, and <coughs> you might get they they might get thirty people because oh we don't support that instructor mm. really community guys that's it's right it's so it's simple and excuse me if I cough every now and then my throat is very dry so. Which is why I sound funny. Um, that's what happens. Many two are talking too much. Me talk too much? Never. So th- this is a really important concept in life in general, not just with, with dancing. But we asked people this weekend in one of my workshops, I specifically asked, why do you come here? Why do you mm-hmm. attend a workshop like this? Why do you come to an event like this? And one of the most common answers was community. These are people that like something that I like. So I like to come here and spend time doing something enjoyable with other people that like the same thing. This should be true worldwide for line dancing. I mean, think about all the dances that we share, that Mm -hmm. we dance around the world. Everybody knows them and everybody does them. That's a really cool thing. You can't necessarily say that about everything in life, but that's, that's an amazing thing. I can go to a completely different city or state or country and get out on the floor and dance things that we dance over here as well in the United States. It's amazing, and the reason that happens is because we do have that sense of community where people are trying to teach the same dance, spread that around, make it a community thing where we all can then come together and do it. Having said that, too, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to go off on a tangent, but it's kind of interesting sometimes when there's a song, let's say, like Uptown Funk. And then I remember being at an event, and there were 10, 10 different dances going on the floor at the same time. It was quite amusing to see little pockets of people doing their little dance that they know. But it's way more fun if we're all doing it together, I think. You know, of course there can be floor splits, and you know, we're not saying that's not possible. The other, and part of this issue is then, why not communicate with the instructors in your state and around you? I know some states are very good at this. They yes. have, let's say, Texas has their jam, their, their, yep. their jamboree, and all the... Everybody submits dances that they want to do at the Jamboree. And then when they go there, the instructors actually lead the dance. They do like a quick walkthrough yep. on stage. Mm-hmm. So then everybody in the room, all 400 people or how many people they have, all do that same dance and are having a blast. Why can't that exist everywhere? Why do we have some places, and I know because I've experienced this on the road, where some places the instructors just don't even talk to each other. Um, the lines of communication should be open and you should be willing to share. Mm. So that leads me to another point that popped into my head is that I've actually heard from dancers at events, at workshops, say, my teacher told me that if I go dance at somebody else's class that I shouldn't come back. And I'm like, what? How, how is this right? I'm like, here, here, I've got a newsflash for you. If any of you are instructors that are listening, you do not own these people. They do not belong to you. Um, they're free agents, right? And they should be able to go dance or take classes wherever they want. And as a side note to that, you should be confident enough in your own ability as an instructor to be okay with it, right? I think that stems from insecurity on the instructor's part. And I wonder if that's why we see in locations where there is friction, mm-hmm. It's probably insecurity among some of those instructors. Like, they're not confident enough in their own abilities to keep their students. If you're a great teacher, it shouldn't matter if your class goes to somebody else to learn from because they'll come back to you because you're an amazing instructor. Now, the one thing I do I do find funny in event... I'm, I'm going to go off on event directors here for a hot second. Is when event directors hire local instructors. 
I think that's the greatest thing ever for a couple of reasons. One, it shows you that you are looking out for the community. You're you're there to, especially if you're an event director that's not from that city and state, you're showing that, hey, we're, we're bringing this event here to support you. Two, it gives something for that local instructor to brag about. Say, hey guys, I've been invited to teach at this big convention. What I don't like is, one, when event directors do that and put them up against the Freds and the Shanes and the Rachels and the Maddies and the Simons because that's kind of discourages a local instructor because they're like, why is someone going to come take my class right. when they have the option? And then two is when the event directors go back and say, well, we're not going to bring you back because your, 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 your classes weren't attended. You, know, you brought all your students. Your students didn't even take your class. Well, no offense. Why is a student of a local instructor going to pay $150 for a weekend pass to take from the same person they can pay 5 to $10 <laughs> at, home. <laughs> at home and go to the weekly class and learn the exact same dance? Yes, you hire the local instructors to, to get them to bring their dancers. You shouldn't expect their dancers to attend their own classes, though, because that's defeating the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll talk about Dancing Up a Storm for a bit, um, because we have a l nice core group of local instructors that come and teach and mm -hmm. do a great job. And yep. they, we have them every year. They're part of our core staff. That's why we have them back. So I think maybe I mentioned Gwen in a previous episode. I'm not sure. But Gwen Walker from Alabama, I believe. Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas. One of those A states. Arkansas. She's a great, she's a great teacher, and everybody loves her. And she has when she teaches at our event, her classes are some of the highest attended lessons. Right. So she's bringing something valuable to the table. But she's not known throughout the country or the world. Like, who's Gwen Walker? Nobody would know. But she, she brings definite benefit and positive energy and um, something that people want that are coming to the event. They like her. They want to take her right. classes. But you have a very good point. So what I was going to say is I try when I schedule, make my schedule for the event, I try to balance who's teaching against whom because you are going to have times where you can't avoid right. having, let's say, a local instructor up the same slot against, against, yes. you know, against a a-list or whatever you want to call them. You're, you're more recognizable instructors. So, But I try to balance that. I, tr I try not to have the same person at the same hour as the other same person right. every time. Like every day I move it around a little bit or I try to adjust it. Um, and I try to put myself up against, you know, I teach at my own events. So I try to put myself up against another big name person because we're doing different levels. Right. So intermediate room versus beginner room. But I don't have, we were talking about this about this weekend with with some of the instructors yes. teaching at the same time and kind of offering the same type of material. Yes. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> but no, but 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 no, it's really not because it, it kind of goes along the same lines because especially in a smaller event like this where there's only two rooms. If you're trying to have a diverse a diversity and you have a beginner/improver room and then an intermediate ish advanced room you want to put definite distinctions. Something offering for the that, that lower level that's going to be in attendance, especially if it's as, as a split as this one is, in attendance at Dance Dance Dance. And then something for those hardcore people that want to learn the crazy stuff. But if you put up two choreographers or two instructors, 
that teach the same style have very very similar teaching teaching styles on top of that I'd, I'd actually say their dance selection is very similar and they're at the same hour that really not giving everybody in attendance something to choose it, it, it just plain out not um, the, I'll use perfect example the hour Jamie taught cyber drop in the other room was Gwen Walker teaching two beginner dances you had an intermediate solid solid good intermediate dance for the harder people who want to learn and those people who didn't want to try that challenging dance had something for them she didn't put two intermediate dances against each other make the right. intermediate dancers vibe and had nothing for the beginners to do that hour because this is the, the one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and this plays into it. Event directors, believe it or not, most of the time do track attendance in classes. Most of them do. If they want to actually see their, their event succeed, they're taking some kind of initiative to make sure and check. And, or they're having someone they trust check and look at the numbers. One, for they can know, but two, just in case they might, especially if it's a, if it's a ballroom size, mm. which we've experienced many times in many events where we have to flip a ballroom. Yes, yeah. You might have to take Trade that rooms. A-lister that's in the main ballroom that not teaching a dance that maybe only has 20 people or 25, and you have 75, 80 people packed in a side room that's incredibly smaller. Someone's got to pay attention enough to know, oh, we need to switch this. We need to switch this now. And if you don't, you need to know who to keep bringing back. You need to know what's going to work for your mm-hmm. event. And that way you can give feedback. Event directors should be giving feedback to their, their instructors. That's okay. That ties into the whole community thing, too, mm-hmm. because I'm very focused and aware of what type of atmosphere I want my events yes. to provide. Um, and I want to hire people who fit that. Yes. People who will bring the right kind of energy, who will be able to relate to the, the paying customers, make them feel welcome, interact with them in a way that they're comfortable with. Sometimes, I mean, you know, and I, I'm not going to name specific people, but I might. We'll see. Um, but sometimes you bring someone in who's, oh, okay, let's do this. I'll say this. And, okay. you know, of course, we always say, no offense to anybody, and really this isn't. So Scott Blevins came to, I think, I'm not sure which event it was, um, I can't remember. I'm sorry. It might have been Pike's Peak. But I'm not really sure. Don't quote me on that. But he came to an event where nobody knew who Scott Blevins is. And it was amusing to the event director because when he taught, the person, the local instructor in the other ballroom had way more people than Scott Blevins. So it's not a slam on Scott. It's just those people didn't know him. They didn't. Right. They, they have no idea who Scott was. So, and what the choreography Scott brought wasn't necessarily targeted to that group. Yes. That, like they weren't, they weren't into that kind of dancing with the cool dances that Scott writes. So th- that's not the only time that's happened with an instructor. You know, me personally, when I bring people in, there are times when I bring somebody in that I think I know is a great teacher, great at mingling, and they just don't click with the crowd for some reason. Maybe they're bringing, the dances they bring are just not gelling with the people that are there. So, Back to the whole community thing, though. 
when you're at an event like this, when we have the, the local instructors and the A-listers, it's really nice if they all mingle together, if we all talk to each other. So this, I'm going to talk about this weekend, Dance, Dance, Dance. Okay. I did a class on teacher training. Yep. Which, guess what, means a whole bunch of local instructors were in it. And it was great. There was a lot of people there. I'm very pleased. The, the cool thing is some of them came up to me and asked me questions afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so they're open to learning. They're open to admitting that they don't know everything and they need to learn to become a better instructor. And they came, some of them came as a group. You know, they didn't just, just one person coming up at a time. Right. So they're, the cool thing is that they're supporting one another. Yes. And then as we had the conversation, the one instructor would offer some insight to the newer instructor, which is great. That's cool. That's what we should be doing. Whatever level you're at as an instructor, you offer to help the person that needs, needs to grow and needs assistance. This kind of sounds familiar to what we talk about on another topic. Train your future. Mm. Man, we talked about this on the <laughs> choreographer one, the new instructors at events one. I see a common thread here, guys. You gotta you gotta train the future. And for your A-listers out there, I hate it when I see A-listers that don't have the time of day for the locals at an event. That drives me absolutely nuts. You wanna know why? Guys, if it wasn't for your local instructors, your dances wouldn't be done mm -hmm. anywhere. Why? Because they wouldn't be taking them to their classes. They wouldn't be teaching them to their weekly class, their monthly workshop, whatever it is. They wouldn't be taking them to their smaller one-day workshops that they get invited to teach at, and they go and teach your, your choreography. So your dances wouldn't be getting done nonstop. You know what I was actually shocked about this weekend? And this goes to what we talked about earlier, when you need to actually communicate with each other and talk about what you're teaching. Anybody who's listened to my radio show, Lately, we've been talking about the song Shivers by Ed Sheeran. What? I've never heard of that song. <laughs> so, as of the other day on the radio show, when we were talking, last I talked, it had been out for 11 days. There's 18 dances to it. I think at the, the weekend, there was already 21 dances to it. My bet still stands, guys. If you're following along, I think we're going to end up with 30 dances by the end of the month. But not a single one of those were picked. Not one. Now, were there other dances added to the schedule that were new dances that people were trying to bring here to existing songs? Yes. That needs to get a nipped in the bud. You don't try to sneak in. I love it when I do videos, and this is hysterical, and John knows because he's been next to my table. What I love is a lot of events, my my vendor table and John's vendor booth are set up very close to each other. So we hear a lot of the same conversations. I love it when someone comes up to me and goes, so I only know, I know you only need three, but I need to record three extra because I'm throwing three bonus, bonus teaches in there in my classes. What that translates into, guys, is one, either they were lazy and didn't communicate with the event director what they really wanted to teach, or two, they're trying to sneak in stuff the event directors told them no to. Ed, happened this weekend. Dance got snuck in that event director told them no. But the instructor wanted a video anyway and snuck it into two of their classes. He did half of it in one and half in the other. That's that doesn't help any. I understand and for and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go off a little tangent on you local instructors for a hot second real quick. And and John thinks I think John knows where I'm going on this. I understand you have a local class. 
and you know what your locals want. That doesn't mean you need to write and choreograph your own dance to every track out there for your local people mm-hmm. to do. You know what that happens? If they travel anywhere, guess what? They're only going to be able to dance with themselves. They're not going to be able to dance with the entire rest of the floor. They're not going to go to a big convention and be able to dance with everyone else because the local instructor up the road from you is already teaching the hot new dance out to that track. Don't think, oh, well, they're teaching this, so I'm not going to teach this, even though it's a great dance and everyone else is going to be doing it. I'm going to write my own 32-count beginner dance to it, and that's what I'm going to teach in my class. That doesn't help anything. It doesn't help your dancers. It definitely doesn't help you get any type of good reputation in the community, and it doesn't help you having a chance to get to that next level if your goal is to move on from being a local instructor to an event instructor. It doesn't help because all, all your shit telling every the world is, well, I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going to do my own thing in my own class and right. I'm just going to keep writing on top of every choreographer out there. That's a very good point and I'm, I'm going to add a little something to that as well. So, I get it. I mean, I totally get it. I get that people want to, if you choreograph something, you can't help it sometimes. You hear a song, you want to write a dance to it. I totally get that. So, I, I understand that and I'm Kelly's not discouraging local instructors from ever choreographing anything. Oh, no, it's not, just definitely that, not at all. Yeah, it's just that if there's already, if you know there's a hot song out there, you know there's a dance. There's going to be a dance that's popular to it, pretty much. Sometimes there's more than one, um, but usually there's something that kind of takes the whole earth by storm. So the thing is, if you do choreograph something, and it's, you know, it might be a really amazing dance, then communicate with people. Like, communicate with other instructors and speak spread the word so then say it's a, um, a floor split if you have something like I don't know let's just say bad habits and there's some massively popular big dance to it and you have a dance that you've created that's an easier dance then communicate with instructors who teach that level so that that can then be spread around that's the communication part of the community that we're trying to trying to create okay so speaking on community and continuing on the community topic and John, as someone who's been doing this for longer than um, we've had internet easily, <laughs> he's been doing it for a very long time. That's true, though. <laughs> what would you say should be, as far as like, okay, I'm, I'm going on the scheduling aspect of how you determine what nights to have classes mm. as a common currency, like distance-wise, like mileage time driving like if i'm if i'm a local instructor and i know okay well being the fact that i live in town with janice graves diane Potowski, sandy albano rachel mcenany white lynn suzanne wilson at cowboys i have a lot of lot at my disposal just within 20 25 minutes of me if i'm going to start a class the first thing i'm doing is i'm finding out when they all teach and I'm not putting a class on any one of those nights. None. At all. Zilch. Nada. Why? Because obviously I want them to come to my class. The people who attend <laughs> that, they already have the same interests as me. If I'm going to be teaching a more improved to intermediate class, the higher level, well, I know Diane and Sandy teach that. I'm not putting any type of class on the same night Diane and Sandy are teaching because I'm gonna, my class is going to appeal to the same type of dancers. Same thing at, at the barn. What nights do they teach intermediate advanced dances? I'm not going to try to take people away from 
those instructors because guess what? That's the same the same people. So how I guess I guess um, what I'm trying to get at is how far is too far or how close is too close? That's something that needs to be determined. Okay, so we can turn this into let's say you're opening a franchise. Okay. How do they determine where to open franchises for specific types of businesses? Across the street from their competitors. <laughs> <laughs> well, but unfortunately. You know, you know what I'm saying? They also don't necessarily want it to be too close to another branch of that same franchise. Right. You know, because you're going to cannibalize each other's customers. So you need to think about that as well. So in your local area. Now, here's, I'm going to run with this in several directions. Go ahead. Number one, why do you need to start a new class? What is the motivation? That's my first question. Are you offering something unique and different would be my very first question. If you're offering the same thing as the person down the road who's only 20 minutes away, that's not really fair. I mean, that's not fair to them and it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the students because you're splitting, you're going to split that rather than coming up with some unique thing that's different and sets you apart. Um, So maybe that's the level. Maybe the instructor down the street teaches all intermediate advanced level dances and maybe you want to offer that beginner or improver level and keep in mind too beginner and improver are not the same thing so and this this i'm gonna go off on a tangent like i usually do somebody asked me that this weekend about beginner classes and a big true beginner class in my teacher training class i actually said this they said well how did you what did you do and i said guess what the first two sessions of the class i didn't teach them a dance at all we talked about music how to hear music we talked about phrasing, what that means. We talked about just basic foot patterns, like this is your right foot and this is how you stand on it versus this is how you tap it or you touch it or you don't take weight on it. Talked about weight shifts. We practiced weight shifts. That's, to me, what a, what a true beginner class should be like. And then you start to build on the patterns. So if you're listening and you want to be a great beginner instructor, keep that in mind. It's not about teaching them 85 new AB dances that you come across on Copperknob. It's about teaching them the basics what they need to know to be a good dancer, to then build on it. So maybe that's your niche then when you start your class. Maybe no one's doing that. One of the things I think, for example, that sets me apart when I'm doing these events now is I'm doing a lot more sort of training sessions, like teacher training, or Mm -hmm. here I did five secrets to be a better dancer, or I've done like, you know, six cool things to to make you look great on the dance floor, or whatever. that's something no one else is offering right now. Right. So the dancers are appreciating it. In your local area, think about that. If you are questioning if you're too close to another instructor, then you probably are if you have to question it. You know what I'm saying. So be aware. And then the great thing is communicate with them. There's no reason why we can't communicate with each other in this modern society, this modern world. We all have smartphones. We can all text each other. You can find each other on Facebook. Set up a local instructor group. Set up a group through your face. Make a Facebook page for, you know, Massachusetts. I'm picking Massachusetts because I'll be there shortly. But, you know, Massachusetts line dance instructors. And then everybody can be part of it, can share what they're teaching. You can communicate with each other when you're going to have a special workshop. Hint, hint. Um, the problem with that one too, guys, this is going to go back into the community thing. The person running said group can't not include people mm. or their classes just because they don't like them. If you're running a group, perfect example, I'll use it, that's called Line Dancing in Central Florida, you can't not include 
post from certain bars or clubs or dance halls just because you don't like said bar or the instructor teaching at said bar. If you're going to be in group to promote dancing in an area, regardless of your personal feelings <laughs> of instructors in your area, the point of the group is for that area. You need to include it. It's that simple. If you don't want to include it, you don't need to be the one running the group. Or make a private group that you're only going to share with your people, not a public group on Facebook that someone can search for and say, I'm coming to visit, I'm going to be in such and such city, and they can't find one in that city, and they get to the city and find out, wow, there's this great class here. Why didn't? Why were you in the group? And then they're going to find out why because that instructor is going to tell them, well, the person that runs that group doesn't like me. Are we, but are we talking about any particular group or person, Kelly? I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a couple of them. I know, I know of a couple groups like that in states. Um, one of them is the one you're going to. And I'll, I'll right. say it, one of them is that. And that's, right. and, and, and that's sad. It shouldn't be like that. But So I have a question for you, and this is, this is what I'm going to ask for what you just said. <laughs> say, say you're running a class, a local class, and say you have a student in there that is inspiring to be an instructor and in teaching and they're choreographing, they're in their choreography competitions, they're they're doing well, their their names getting out there, they're being asked to uh, to possibly come to other classes in the area for one day workshops and teach. What happens to that person who's obviously their goal is to be an instructor. Their goal is to want to want to teach. But Unfortunately, their their idol, the mentor that they learn everything from, and you, as my example, I'm using, they really can't start up a class in their area because it would be going straight up against you. Hmm. What what's that do for the? Because this bleeds into the whole move. The, <laughs> but this bleeds into the make what trying to bring up the future, right, promote right, the future right. of dance. So and, and locals here, a lot of has play to do with that. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. A couple answers to that. So first of all, if somebody decides they want to be an instructor and you are a good instructor, mm-hmm. mentor them. This is how this whole thing that we do, this whole line dancing world is going to continue. And this is how new teachers will come along if they're mentored, if they're guided. Um, I had to, and I said this in my teacher training class here in Colorado Springs, I had to learn everything I know on my own. Nobody trained me to be a good teacher. I learned everything I know, and I'm still learning now, on my own. So if that wonderful situation comes along, then boost it. Help it. Help that person. Um, Maybe have them do a substitute teach class every now and then for you, because that is a good way to foster that. At some point, all of y'all who are teachers are going to die. You're going to be gone. You're going to retire. You're going to, sorry, you know it's true. I'm not saying anything you don't already know, but that's going to happen to me at some point. I'm going to go away. So you need to encourage and promote people who are actually interested in it and who may be very good at it. The thing is, I feel, I'm going to go off on a tangent. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. So, But I feel like there are a lot, there's a lot of great instructors out there, first of all. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of instructors who kind of got thrown into it and have never worked to better themselves. They, they've not worked to become better instructors. So then that's also part of the reason why I feel like it affects the community in their, in their area because you're lacking, you're flawed in some way, you're not, you're, you haven't pushed yourself to grow. So 
communicate with the other instructors. Hey, here's a thought. Why not set up a workshop where you have a teacher training session in your area and you have somebody come in and train all of you to be better instructors? I don't know. There's an idea. Hey, you could talk to me. I'm good at that. Um, but back to the, the question. So give them the opportunity. I would say give them the opportunity. Have them substitute teach. You know, there are times when you need to go on a vacation or maybe you're sick. And instead of canceling class, you could have that person fill in and see if they're actually really good at it. If that's something they, they aspire to do and they have the talent and the technique, let them do it. And then, you know, I've, I've seen this happen a lot where somebody has a class and that star student comes along and they want to be a teacher and have their own class. If you're going to do that, I'll, go, I'll fall back on what I said earlier. Have your own niche. Do, do, don't, don't try to avoid copying or infringing upon what already exists because then you're split, you're dividing the community rather than right. enhancing it. So figure out what new thing can you bring. So, you know, let's say, I'll, I'll fall back on what I came from. I started teaching or dancing at a country bar. Mm -hmm. Our instructors taught like the same 16 dances endlessly over and over and over. And yes, we all loved them and they were fun, but then we would travel. So my dance group, I was in my 20s, you know, of course we would drive to, this was Green Bay, Wisconsin, so we'd drive to Milwaukee and go to a club yep. there. And oh my gosh, we'd see these amazing dances that we had never seen anywhere. And they were to popular songs on the radio. So it's like, we want to know what that dance is. Bring it back. Well, the teacher's like, oh, that's too hard. We're not going to teach that. You know, like, we're not doing that. So... What that this is where I'm coming from with my philosophy. What that says to me is they're not comfortable teaching that particular style or level of dance. That's why they won't do it. We all wanted to learn it. So guess what? When I started teaching, the first thing I brought to the club on our Thursday night, that was our night. I didn't infringe on the other instructors' nights because there were no there was no class on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. I started with these more challenging dances. High energy. Um, I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, Born to Boogie. Um, Hank Williams Jr. Yep. So we did that dance, whatever that was called. I think it was called Born to Boogie. Oh my gosh. I think it was. Yeah. The instructor, but the instructors refused to teach it. I taught that. It was the first dance I taught and everybody loved it. So my night suddenly became super popular with the people that wanted that something new, something that new, new and fresh harder and, and harder. Yes. And then the second dance I taught was um, Money in the Bank um, or Break in the Bank it was called by Melanie Greenwood who choreographed Achy Breaky Heart. And that was like the first dance that I had ever seen that had what we would now call like a tag. Okay. Um, and of course, they wouldn't touch it when when this happened because they were trying to mentor me and help me because I'd never taught before. So I have to give them that they were trying to help me out, pick music. Back then, we didn't have computer capabilities to like slow tracks down and speak, you know. So we just have to play a slow song oh. and a medium song and a fast yeah. song. Well, they helped me pick the music out, so they helped me understand like this is the kind of rhythm you want to use. So if this is a bluesy dance, you want bluesy type of music. So we're gonna right. pick these tracks, blah blah blah. But then when we got to the second week and I said I was doing this break in the bank, they said, we're not helping you anymore. <laughs> You're going off on a tangent that we don't agree with. Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, kids. Guess what happened? I ended up taking over all the nights at the club because I was willing to be open and, you know, and had no stuff. slam on them. But so I, my point is, though, I started with a different um, criteria or a different right. curriculum. I offered different stuff than what was already happening. Um. To, to comment on your tangent you were just saying about instructors kind of get thrown into it. I feel that's also true on the opposite end of the spectrum, though, of the people who worked, 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 worked to get known and get noticed. The minute they got noticed, they stopped working at it. Hmm. They decided, 
oh, I'm only going to do this if you're going to pay me such and such and go here. So they don't work on their craft no more. Mm. They go to their day job. They barely take off time for their day job to make it there by Thursday night. They get there. They leave first thing Sunday morning and go back to be back at their job. They come in. They do the thing. They don't teach locally. They don't teach anything else. They Some of them teach four or five times a year, and that's it. Because they decided, oh, I got there. I'm done. I don't have to work at it no more. I cannot respond to people. I can not not answer emails. I can just show up whenever I want to. And I'm not saying this about everyone. I'm not saying this about everyone, guys. So don't take it that way. It's both end of this it's both mm-hmm. ends of the spectrum. There are people though that are doing that. And it's one, it's not fair for the people who are busting their butt to give a better product for the attendees. Regardless of regardless of what your thoughts are on anybody else, the number one goal is the people attending your classes or your event or your workshop. That should be your number one goal. Not teaching what you want to dance, not teaching what you think might be the next big hit, not, not doing what you want to do. What do your attendees want to do? What do your people coming to your class want to do? You know, I see this all the time. I go in and I'll I'll, I'll watch a class. I'll I'll take I'll take Trevor's class or thing, and I'll watch and I'm like, and I'll ask and I'll, I'll ask, and I'll I'll ask why did you choose to teach this dance? And I I I will respond. And they go, why do you ask? And I go, well, f- what I noticed, this, it doesn't fit, doesn't do this. I I, I love it when and this. I apologize now. I love it when instructors sit there and say, well, I'm picking this dance because. And then it never gets done again. It gets taught in their class. If they teach it three weeks in a row, fine. After the three weeks, you want to know how you can tell whether or not that dance was good and that instructor did a good job picking the dance? If it's on that request list. Mm. If... If, if it's on your request to set the club because if, if, you're, if you're a decent bar and you're open to doing new things your DJ is going to have a request list or if you're in a class you're going to let your dancers request some stuff to dance an open dance you're going to see what they want to do on a week to week basis newsflash you don't have to do the same dance every night every week you can switch it up you can, you can do that and I, I tell this to people here you don't have to dance the same dance six two, two times a night, three nights at an event. It drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me nuts when you get four hours of music. Mm. At three and a half minutes, it's 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 seventeen, sixteen-ish songs an hour. If you have four hours of dancing, that's only sixty-four dances. Now, times that by three. Now, yes, guys, I know what you're gonna say. Well, we dance more than four hours a night. Fine. I don't count anything after midnight. You want to know why? Because then all rules are off. Half the instructors are gone. Half the attendees are gone. The DJ is going to play to the existing crowd. Okay? Your magic, that that magic hour is between 7.38 whenever you open the door and really 11-ish is what I'm going to throw. I'll give you the four hours and say midnight. So at three and a half minutes a song, you got roughly 16 songs an hour. That's 64 songs. 
times that by three nights for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If your event starts with dancing on Thursday, you're done on set. Your last night's on Saturday. You should be doing. I've. Fifty of those songs should be different tonight. I'll give you the fifteen repeats. Every DJ has their go-tos that they're going to open the night with because people are are coming in, coming in, and then you. Every DJ should be DJing the songs that got taught that day in that ballroom. I agree with that one hundred percent. I hate it <laughs> when dances don't get done that were taught that day, especially if it was in that ballroom. And guys, before anybody out there says, "Well, it was an approver. It doesn't belong in the main ballroom." If there's three ballrooms at night, three ballrooms during the day, and there's only two ballrooms at night, guess what? One of those three dances is going to have to get played in one or the other. You're, you you can't you can't leave out, okay? An inst- an instructor and a choreographer worked hard on the dance getting written and the dance being taught, and those people who attended that class deserve a chance to dance it. Right. You're going to have to. You're going to have to bend the bend a little and let some dances get done. So we're going a little off topic here, Kelly, but <laughs> but I fully agree with that because even at this event here, I heard several instructors say more than one, meaning several. Um, you know, one of the things that frustrates them about some of the big dance conventions is their dances never get played. The ones that were taught there and they had a full room it happens to me all the time. Um, I'll have a packed room for whatever class, and that music never gets played, but. You're right. They'll play the DJ. Whoever's DJing will play the same track, sometimes even more than once in one night. Um, I super, super, super agree with you on that, that the dances taught at the event should be played in a ballroom somewhere at some point. Yes. Otherwise, no one gets to practice them, and they just kind of fall by the wayside. Um, And we saw here, excuse me, when we ran out to do Mississippi Countdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was a dance taught in the other room, a low, a different level dance, and those people went on that floor and did their dance that they learned, and we led a Mississippi Countdown. And it was great that we got to do it, and you could see the people needed it. Yes. Because our dance is phrased. I don't think it's super tricky, but it's 96 counts and it's phrased. Right. And as we went along to the music, it started to click, it started to come back. But if we had never done it in open dancing, how many of those people would go home and not remember it and, and maybe not maybe be discouraged from doing it again because they didn't get to practice Or maybe be discouraged from teaching it to their classes again. Mm, yes. That's, that's, that's the big thing. If, if, if you're trying to promote and the local instructors are going to these, these events to bring back your dances, choreographers and instructors, to their local class... And the only time they get to do it is the last three and a half minutes of a workshop because you took 55 minutes to teach a dance and you squeezed in. They only got to do it one day, one time in music. They're never going to get a, a second option to dance it. It's going to be hard for them to retain that. Mm-hmm. And don't give me the excuse, oh, well, they can go to my step sheet or my video. Yes, I sell videos. I would love them to do that. But everyone just paid $159 to come to this event. They deserve to dance it one time at in least, a full yeah. out at night. In a ballroom. In a ballroom. Not yes. in a hallway, trying to practice on their own. Yes. Yeah. And that's a common thing I hear too. Like the six dances I learned took this week, I never got played. And mm-hmm. that's very common. So and part of that though, and we're, that's a this could be like a whole episode, but the part of that is I hear, you know, from the DJs, well, only three people came out to do it. It doesn't mean 
it should not get played somewhere. Maybe that was the wrong place to have that music played. Maybe all those people who learned that were in the other ballroom right then. So yeah. um, it's a little tricky on that, but it's a definite something that needs to be kept in mind. So steering this back a little bit to to community and and keeping in mind, I'm I'm big on the local aspect. I want to see more local instructors working together in whatever capacity that is. When you when you let's say you all get together to host a workshop like a weekend thing or a dance party. Um, Work with the other instructors around you. Be open to communicating with them and trying to help everybody succeed versus, well, I need to make sure my night succeeds. I'm the, you know, I'm the focal point here. We all succeed when we help one another, really. And yes. that, that's going to help grow our community because your students then see how you, oh, you're working with so-and-so three cities over. And this is cool that when night put on a workshop, you go, well, we're canceling class on Wednesday because we're all going over there because they're having a party on Friday night. So we're all going to go there right. on Friday and support it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very big on that. And I feel like people need to make more of a concerted effort to make that happen. <clears throat> also, for the people who, who are uh, organizing the, the get-togethers, the m- monthly or quarter-monthly, whatever they choose to do, for all the local instructors to to get together be courteous and don't schedule it on a day someone in your local community has a workshop planned Mm. that way you make your instructors choose and I'm going to go ahead and say this Lindy Bowers locally in Orlando does a dancer night out does it once once a month sometimes once every other month depending on the schedule cool it it's always one or two months of the year it's always on the same Saturday of a one-day workshop Hmm. somewhere within an hour drive now you're saying oh well that's an hour guys people in our area will drive two and a half hours to dance one way they will go drive across town i know when i when i didn't live in orlando and i lived down in boca raton which is just over three hours south mind you boca raton if i drive 35 minutes one way i have the roundup in davie great bar if I drive 35 minutes the other way, I have Renegades in West Palm Beach. 10 minutes from Renegades, I used to have Double D's. All great country bars. You want to know how often I, I would choose if I had a half day on Saturday, I got done at noon working, that I'd be driving home and I'd call Kelly and go, so, she goes, call Trevor. And I would call Trevor up and say, hey, can we come crash with you? We'd drive the three and a half, three and a half, four hours. I'd go home, I'd shower. And we would drive because I'd rather have gone due to the camaraderie and support the local bar that's four, three and a half hours away for the instructor that is one of my best friends and Janice Graves and Lynn than the ones that are close to me. That's that's the sad thing. That That's because we're welcome more there. Granted, we mm. both used to live there, but I hate it too when classes are not welcoming mm. that one's the hardest when you walk in as a new person and the classes just are like who are you what are you doing here why would you come and invade our area and where that's does, the worst where does that attitude come from is what i wonder <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, nine I, times I, out of ten the instructor, the instructor <laughs> the lead that's and that's that, that's why i wanted to interject there because the leader, the instructor, whoever's in charge of the class, the workshop, whatever, is going to, to, to drive and steer that sense of community or not. So it's very important for, for anybody in that position to realize, and this is one of the things I said in my teacher training class here in Colorado Springs, you're the role model. 
even if the students don't know exactly what you're doing or why you're doing it, they're going to try to imitate it. So if you're not friendly and if you're not nice, that's going to, that's going to trickle down to them some, sometimes and somehow. Um, and the people that are uncomfortable with it won't stay with you. They'll go away because they, don't, they won't like that sort of, right. sort of um, feeling when they go there. Um, I had something else I wanted to say, but I can't think what it was. It was related to the sense of community when we... Oh, so when you, when you share information with the other instructors, whatever, whatever it's, it could be the states around you, or even in other states, open up dialogue. Um, then what I was going to say, and I, don't, I can't remember if we touched on this or not, when your students then travel and get encouraged to go to workshops yes. and big conventions... They'll have more fun because they can dance with everybody and not just in their own little pockets of people that they've, you know, danced with you. And that's the only thing you've taught and you've not opened your mind to, to the greater picture of what's happening in the line dance world around us. So keep that in mind, too. It's going to create a better experience for them when they graduate to traveling to events and being able to hang with all of us. Or even not even traveling to events when they go on vacation. Mm. You'll be surprised how many people, want, if they go on a vacation and they, if they find dancing locally to do something at night. Yes, that's a big key because they want to continue doing their passion in other states and get to see what they do in other states. Now, you you could be the, the bad person here and say, well, I don't want you taking from anybody else. You know what that's going to do? That's going to cause them to want to leave anyway. That's going to cause them to want to go find an instructor that cares about them progressing and, and, and being nurtured. I, I love it on, on this one, and I, I've seen this happen in multiple states where a local they, someone has a local class and local local people who are up in comers are trying to get their dances out there they're trying to teach they're trying to um, make themselves seen and they contact classes and the person they go oh no we, we don't afford, we can't afford to bring in any new instructors we can't afford to pay you blah 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 we can't afford to come in that's not what we do and then three weeks later, we see them posting that they bring in this A-lister to their local class for for the day, and that that's not good showing either, guys. You got to support the future. You got. I, I preach this on a lot of different avenues. On that topic. <laughs> I, I am huge on that topic across a lot of boards because, yep. like John said earlier, he said it very bluntly. Eventually, you're gonna die. <laughs> eventually everyone's going to go die. away or go somehow away. you're going to yeah it, it's it's true john knows it eventually one day john will not be be teaching on the circuit it, it, it's 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 an, an inevitable fact nothing against john it just it is what it is everyone has their right. time right whether or not he it, it, it's his body gives out on him he gets too old he does something else he retires Someone's got to be there to take his teaching spot. Someone's got to be there to take that spot. Just as cool and entertaining as me. Right. <laughs> but, but, or the, but if you can find someone around the same vibe, that's great. I'll use, this, I'll use for example, we actually talked about this earlier. Brandon Zahorsky. Mm. When he was coming on the scene, Junior Willis took him under his wing, took him to all these different events. They, junior, junior fronted the bill, brought Brandon... In and said, hey, you don't have to pay this guy. I'm bringing him with me. All I ask is let him stay with me. I want to get him known. You don't have to pay him. He's going to teach. Let him teach some spots. You know what that did for Zahorsky's future? Yeah. 
The minute Junior walked away, you know how many of Junior's events Zahorsky immediately slipped right into Junior's teachings, <laughs> regular teaching spot at events? Almost almost all of them. There's only a handful that that I can say that I know of that he didn't. And that's someone that knew, hey, I'm going away. I'm prepping you for this, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's called the future. Uh, and, and building the community. Yes. And keeping the community strong. Absolutely, it's it's all about it's all about support and sharing. We all have the same passion, guys. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. We all love line dance. We all love what it has brought to our lives. We all want to share that. We all want to continue that in some way, shape, or form. If you can't assist the other people in your area, especially. The people that you're trying to share it there are eventually going to have nothing to have because there's going to be nothing left. I like to, I like to look at it from a business perspective as well. So if you are continually trying to fight against a competitor or prove that you're better or whatever, from that from that mental standpoint of we have to fight them, we have to we have to conquer them. You know, I'm the best and and they suck. Um, that is not adding any value to the world and your customers, your clients, your students will see that. What we want to think about instead, and I think the best the best businesses, corporations, student or um, classes, the best teachers know that it's a matter of pre- pre- presenting the best situation, best product, in this case a class if you're an instructor, mm-hmm. that entices your students to come and enjoy themselves. And I see this on, I'm going to just come out and say this, I see this in the tone of some of your Facebook posts. If you're listening, some of your Facebook posts come across as, you know, oh, this person did this to me, um, you know, why would they do that when they know I have this dance, blah, 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 and it's very negative. That just rubs me the wrong way, and I'm not even near you, I'm not in your class. But if your students see those posts, constantly negative, constantly people are out to get me kind of mentality... How is, how is that adding any benefit to our community as a whole? Think about ways, and, and I also wanted to touch on this. I know we can't all be super close friends. I get that. People are different. Sometimes there's friction. You're, it's, I'm not saying we all have to be lovey-dovey with everybody. The point is, in this business that we're in, the only way it's going to continue and survive is if we help one another across the board instead of trying to fight each other in whatever format that 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 takes so I know I'll I'll jump up on this little tangent for a second so I know people who started events or workshops just to spite somebody else because they didn't want that other person's workshop or event to succeed and then some of those as well (laughs) and then why 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 what how does that add any value to what we're doing that's not a good reason to do that right just leaving that out there for you to think about I know we're I know we, we're not all going to be super close friends with everybody I get that there will be people you just rub you the wrong way well rather than increasing the friction and I said this in my podcast I said offer the olive branch at least have the what's the, the character to offer the olive branch and say hey you know I'm not sure why we got off on the wrong foot or I'd like to move beyond that so you're always welcome to come to my class or you're welcome to come to my workshop you know you don't have to hang out and be buddy buddy but at least make the effort right well I 
hope you guys enjoyed this uh, little episode on community. Us talking about local instructors and continuing to support each other. Um, please, if you have any feedback on any episode we do, email, message, anything to either John or myself, please. We want to we want to hear the feedback. We want to know your thoughts on these episodes. We want to know your thoughts on what you might want to hear us talk about. Give us an idea for an episode. I know we've been given a couple different ideas. So until the next time, guys, I'm Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. See ya.